0: Good morning, Ooh. causing chaos, thank you, it's nice to see so many wonderful faces, guys that was amazing, thank you so much for sharing with us and trusting us with your story, it's really blessed and encouraged me and I hope it has you too and I hope it encourages you where you're at that God wants to work and God wants to encourage you and God wants to just set you free. As Ben said, I'm concluding Back to Basics this morning and being as organized as my dad when he packs his shopping bags, as Paul has already told you, I had prepped and sorted my preach. It was ready before I went on sabbatical. All I needed to do was come back, look at it and remind myself what I wanted to tell you. And then I looked at it and I thought, oh dear, I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) I just want to share with you what God's been doing during these last two months. So this morning, I have scrapped what I was going to tell you. I have tried desperately this week to put together a message for you that is helpful. But really what I want to do is share my heart with you. So be kind to me when I get muddled. Be kind to me when I stand over my notes like this because I can't remember what I wanted to say. But I just want to share my heart of what God's been doing in me and what I feel that he wants to begin to do in you or continue in you as well, if that's okay. And you know... It has been back to basics for me this last couple of months. I've revisited things that had been long lost and long forgotten in the busyness of leading church, in the busyness of family, and in the busyness of grief and difficult circumstances that the last 10 years or so have thrown at me but also I've discovered things about God that I didn't know before, and God has expanded who he is to me, and I just wanna gift you with that this morning. And I sat last night when I was still trying to do it, and I just had this feeling that came to me and said, this is absolute tripe, who wants to listen to this? And I just thought to myself, do you know what? God doesn't speak like that. I'm not gonna to listen to that, and I'm just gonna share my heart, and I hope that it blesses you. And you know, this last two months, I've really come to a place where I'm more at peace than I've ever been in my life, where I trust God more than I've ever been able to in the past, and I feel like even when it's a busy day, I'm living an unhurried life. And so I got my laptop out, got ready to turn it on, sort my preach out, get ready for you, and it was broken, it wouldn't work. And it had the red light of death on it so the screen wouldn't come on and then it decided it wanted to be really hot and Julie was having a meltdown in the office thinking it was going to explode so she sent me to get it sorted and looked at and it wouldn't work and it was broken so I then had to get a new laptop and I couldn't get on my emails and and someone was whispering in me "Are yeah, you at peace are you you're unhurried are you you trusting God are you Yes I am, I'm trying to be calm, trying to not have a meltdown, trying to not shout and I felt like everything has come against me this week. So I really believe that what I want to share with you and what I want to impart in you is a real gift from God to you like it's been a gift from God to me. You know, and before the sabbatical, God started speaking to me before sabbatical. We were really blessed that the team encouraged us to go and have some Christian counselling, um, just a few sessions before sabbatical to just help us to prep and begin to wind down and get ready for that. And you know what? It did me the world a, go- a good. The lady, we did it online. The lady prayed with me and encouraged me and blessed me, and we dealt with some things that I never thought I'd be rid of, and it was fantastic. And God suddenly began to speak to me, torrent upon torrent and suddenly I felt like God said to me you are Job and for those of you who know who Job is I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing really now Job is a character in the Old Testament and he has a wonderful life a wonderful family he's rich he's prosperous and then all hell breaks loose upon him quite literally Um, his kids die, his livestock stolen, his property's destroyed, his wonderful wife turns around and says to him, just curse God and die, will you, Job? Um, his friends turn up and then they come and really basically sit with him and you think, oh, aren't they really nice? And then they start telling him, actually, it's your fault all this stuff's happened because either you or your family sinned. So he has a bit of a tough time, our Job, but then is he wrestles through it as he tries to understand God who are you in this why are you allowing this to happen that suddenly he knows God in a new way and in a fresh way in a way that he never has before and God blesses him again God blesses him with children God blesses him with property and it's a happy ending I like a happy ending film but I was like God why are you telling me that I'm Job what are you trying to say to me and I felt really challenged about how well I actually knew God but also who knew best me or God and for those of you who know me well I know best generally and always definitely especially with anything that Paul wants to talk about I know best And God wanted to take me on a journey, which has not been particularly a pleasant one at times, where he wanted to show me more of who he was and who he was to me, but also where he wanted to say to me, just like he said to Job, where were you when I made the earth? Where were you? Do you make all the rain clouds come? Do you set the stars in place? Who knows best, Sarah, me or you? You know, and I think the biggest problem that many of us have is we can't understand the why of our circumstances. So when things are tough and things are difficult, we struggle with it. well, why? Why is this happening? Why has this person died? Why am I sick? Why is this allowed to happen? Why is there difficulty and destruction? Why is things so hard? Why can't I find a new job? Why can't I hold down a boyfriend? Why can't I do these things? Why? Why did this break? Why did that break? Why is my laptop not working? Why are all these things happening? And I think we often misunderstand God. Because we judge his character through our worst day and not through who he actually is. And this was certainly true for me. So I want to say this to you this morning. Stop asking why and discover who. This is something I really believe God has started me on a journey with. You know, and towards the end of Job, in Job 42, verse 5, this is how Job replies to God after God's given him a bit of a loving dressing down. And he says, my ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. And my prayer for you this morning, no matter where you're at on your journey, if you've come this morning or you're listening online and you're like, not quite sure why I'm here, not quite sure if I believe in God, that's fine if you've been a Christian for many, many years, if you've just recently become a Christian, wherever you are at, my prayer for you today is that your ears may have heard of him, but that from today, your eyes would see him in a way that they never have before. Because there's always more. There is always more in God. There is always more he wants to show you and always more that he wants to do in your life. And I really believe that when the who of who God is becomes bigger and more significant in our lives than the why did God allow this or why did God let this, then that is when peace and trust and rest comes. So if you have no peace, if you struggle to trust, if you find that you can't rest, then can he encourage you? Let go of the why and begin to search after the who. So I want to share a few verses that Jesus said not long before he was taken away and crucified, um, something that he shared with his disciples that have helped me during the sabbatical and I haven't been able to get out of this passage in the New Testament, but it's also continuing to help me. This is a journey that I'm on. I'm not finished, but I really felt to share it with you this morning. So John 15 verses 1 to 4, and this is Jesus talking. It says, I am the real vine, and my father is the gardener. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and he prunes every branch that does bear fruit so that it will be clean and bear more fruit. You have been made clean already by the teaching I have given you. Remain united in me, and I will remain in you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself, It can do so only if it remains in the vine. In the same way, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. You know, when I read it over and over and in different versions, and I had to keep saying to myself, who knows best, me or him? I just want to look firstly at verse 1, and I'll just read it to you again. It says, I am the real vine, and my Father is the gardener. You know, we often have a wrong or a twisted or a partial view of who God is, and it can be because of our past, it can be because of our pain. It can be for many, many reasons. It can be because of wrong theology and wrong thinking. It can be because we're unbalanced in what we believe in certain things. They're not necessarily wrong, but there's just too much of it in there and there's a balance to things. And it can give us a wrong view of God and a wrong view of how we should behave as Christians. And my prayer today is that we would have breakthrough, that we would have clarity, that we would have a real and true understanding and relationship with God, that who he is becomes bigger than our why for what's happening. So I just wanna pray for you. I wanna pray for myself. God, I thank you for the journey that we've all been on so far. And God, I pray that you would reveal more of who you are to us. God, we need more of you. God, I pray that we would lay down our whys, And we would begin to look for who you are. Amen. So let's focus on this who then, shall we? Jesus said, my father is the gardener. Those of you who know me, I like gardening. Not always very good at it. I like house plants. I like green things. I like things with flowers on. I think they are fantastic. And you know, each plant in our garden, and it's not the biggest of gardens, and most of the plants are in pots. But each plant in our garden, for better or for worse, is under my care and under my tutelage and Google's at times because I aren't always sure, and under my mercy. And sometimes it is that. But what I want to say to you this morning, if God is the gardener, then we are under care of the greatest gardener. We're under the care of a gardener who not only has come to sort us out and look at us and grow us and help us, but he is the one who created us in the first place. This gardener's not like me thinking, I better watch Gardener's World and see what my jobs for the weekend are are, because I haven't got a clue and I I don't know when to pull my parsnips up, so I'm going to have to Google it. God knows... He knows what is best and what is right for you. And if you don't like gardening, I'm sorry about the gardening analogies, but you get it. All of you have had a house plant and killed it, have you not? God does not kill off his house plants. He knows when to water them and when not to water them. He doesn't drown them so all the leaves go brown and you think, what's wrong with it? And then you pull it out and it's like, whoa, I've watered that too much. It's a little bit on the smelly side in there. That's what Paul normally discovers with my house plants when he wonders what the smell is. I just think they would like a drink is all. But God knows best. Monty Don has got nothing on him. If you don't know who Monty Don is because you're not old like me, Google it. Paul has a jacket that looks like it. I like it when he wears that one. God is good. God is wise. He is true. He is powerful. He is gentle and loving, he is merciful, and he wants you to grow and flourish and bear fruit more than you want to grow and flourish and bear fruit. And then, not only do we get this gardener, but also we add in the additional resource of Jesus. I am the real vine. Which makes me wonder if he is the real vine what is the false or the fake vine because there must be one because he's he's not just saying I am the vine and there are no other vines but if he is the real vine there must be some other sort of vine that is not good for us that wants to sow into us but is not right or good for us. You know maybe these things that the world pulls us into maybe relationships maybe where we get distracted. But Jesus is the real vine, the true vine, and it is in him our true identity lies. And as we find ourselves and connect ourselves as part of him, then all confusion, all strife, all weakness must fall away. And his life, his resurrection life will flow and flood into you and cause you to grow and have everything you need. So when you feel you lack, when you feel you don't have enough, ask yourself which vine am I connected to? The real vine or not? And if the answer's not, get yourself connected to the real vine because in and through him are all things, everything you need, all peace, all joy, all hope, all goodness, all fulfillment. You know, when we went to Canada, we hired a car. It was like a really big car, and really I needed some little steps to get into it. It was that big. I did think I should have shown you the photo of me next to it. I was like, it was huge. But in this car, the steering wheel was on the wrong side of the car, But also, in Canada, they drive on the wrong side of the road. (laughs) Just in case you didn't know. And Paul was like, do you want to take your driving license in case you want to drive? Uh, No. And Paul drove this car for hundreds and hundreds of miles. One day, we did like seven hours in this car. Is that right? I don't know what we did. Paul drove a lot in this car. Wrong side of the road, steering wheel, wrong side of the car. I was in awe. I was the best backseat driver in the world. I kept saying, wow, Paul, you're doing great. It was probably more of a fear thing. You're doing great, Paul, keep staying on the right, the, right, the wrong way. I don't know which side of the road, but don't, don't go where the cars are. And we had friends with us for the first few days while we were there. And then we moved on to Montana and they weren't in the same car as anymore. So I sat in the front. And I was like, I'm sitting in the driver's seat, but there is no wheel, it is a bizarre experience, but as Paul drove, I was like, can you remember, I did encourage you, didn't I, I'm not just making this up, I was like, oh, praise to the driver, Paul, you are fantastic, you're doing great, it's wonderful, you've gone round the roundabout, the right but the wrong way, so we're loving it, it's wonderful. I'm glad when I get out of the car as well too, but the roads over there are massive, so it's fair enough. You can just pretty much drive anywhere and you're not gonna hit anyone. But then we came back to the UK And we swapped seats in the car because the steering wheel was on the right side of the car. And then it was like, I don't really know which side of the road to drive on. And I'm completely confused. But suddenly, I turned back into my usual backseat driver. Oh, watch that car. Well, you're a bit close to that. But my car, you're going to write my car off. Can you just please stop it? And all of the usual things I go, "Um, why are you going this way? Um, Can Just... um, we're not going to work. We're taking all of you to school, please. Can you turn left instead of right out to the end of our street? So my backseat driving changed completely from, Paul, you're fantastic. Paul, you're doing so well. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You've done wonderful. To, um, why, 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 what? Um, excuse me. Anyone else? Is it just me who's a terrible backseat driver? <laughs> Do you know it's the same with God? Are we going to keep asking him why and where and what for? Or we're just going to be in awe of him, leading us, guiding us, pruning us at times, and giving praise for his works. You know, the difference that I felt in Canada to when we come back home, I was like in awe because I just couldn't do it. But so often we just lose sight of who God is and the wonder of who he is. And we want to put our ten pence worth and tell him what to do. We want to tell him how to help us. We want to tell him how to sort us out. We want to tell him how to help us in our relationships. What job we want, what this we want, what that we want. And we want to tell him all of those things. Stop asking why and discover who. And let him lead. And just praise him for what he does. And the best of it and the worst of it, if he is using all things for good then let's praise him. Let's trust him that he is working and that is ultimately for us and other people's good. Stop asking why and discover who. Because if we don't, this next point, I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming into it. Are you ready? The next thing it says in John 15 is that he wants to break off every branch. John 15 verse 2. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And he prunes every branch that does bear fruit so that there will be, that they will be clean and bear more fruit. You know, there are two sorts of branches here. There are unfruitful branches and there are fruitful branches, yes? But each of those branches, whether fruitful or unfruitful, each of those branches, the gardener examines The gardener touches, and the gardener uses his tool on. So he treats them the same. So whatever season you're in, if you're bearing fruit or not bearing fruit, God wants to examine you. God wants to come and touch you and be intimate with you. And God wants to use his tool on you. And cut you back where things need cutting back. You know, fruit only grows on new growth. So to bear fruit, we must allow him to come and break things off of our lives. So number one, if you're bearing fruit, if you're being fruitful, if you're in a fruitful season, if your relationships are fruitful, if ministry is fruitful, if life is fruitful, if you feel like everything's going wonderfully, You've still got to welcome that blade. You've still got to allow Him to prune you because it's that that helps you bear more fruit. And the second one if you've got unfruitful areas in your life, if things aren't going so well, if relationships are difficult, if things are falling apart, if you feel like, where's God? If you feel like I can't get anywhere, there's nowhere for me to go with this, things are tough at work, things are tough at church, I just, it just feels hard work. Let him cut away what is old and dead and unnecessary so that it can make room for the new things. And you've got to ask yourself what things in me are not coming from the true vine? Arrogance. Anger, wrong thinking, that I'm not good enough. And those are just the things God's been working on me with during this sabbatical. I want to encourage you. Allow him to speak to you. Be willing and ready to listen and hear what he's got to say. And you know it can be painful at times. It's not nice for God to say, sorry, a bit arrogant really. It hurts. But you know what? I let him come with his gardener's tool and he comes and he cuts away those things that need cutting away he cuts away those dead things that will allow me to grow and be fruitful again so I want to encourage you allow him to speak deeply into your heart and be willing and ready to listen it's not easy when he comes to prune you and cut back the dead things but he comes with love and with kindness and with gentleness to do it And you've got to give him permission. You've got to say to him, God, why am I like this? Why do I get angry over these things? Why do I think I'm never good enough? Why do I struggle in this relationship? And you've got to allow him to come and sit with you for long enough so he can gently and lovingly examine you, know you, and bring healing and encouragement to you so you can grow again afresh. You know... These are my gardening shears. Paul and the girls brought them for me. Generally, I lose them and can't find them, but I do really like them. They're better than the kitchen scissors. And you know, I like to take these to my plants this time of year. I think I might have killed my hydrangeas, but we'll find out next year, but I've cut them back. Someone's gonna come and tell me later that I shouldn't have cut them back this time of year. I know (laughs) what I wanted to. (laughs) But I like to take them to things in my garden. You know, and those plants, for many of them, they're still growing, maybe still have some flowers on. And they'll be like, what are you doing? I'm still growing here. What are you doing? That's everything I've produced this year and you're cutting it off. Are you having a laugh? But I know that winter's coming. I know that the frosts are coming and that they need cutting back sometimes before those frosts so the frost doesn't get in them and kill them. That's a bit of gardening advice. Don't take it, use Google, it's probably wrong. But that's what I like to do. And you know, very often we can be like that. God, what are you doing? Why are you taking this away from me? Why are you cutting this back from my life? Why are you allowing this with this relationship? Why are you allowing this with this thing? Why are you allowing this in ministry that I'm no longer doing this? Why are you allowing these things, God? Why are you cutting them back? And God again says who knows best I am the gardener it's so you can flourish again next year it needs to be pruned so you can grow again allow God into your life to speak to you and show you those things that he wants to cut away and you know the worst bit about pruning things back is you get to see all the weeds and all the mess underneath that the plants were hiding so you suddenly realize, as God begins to deal with things in your life, oh, there's a lot more in there than I thought there was, isn't there? But you know what? The joy and the blessing of God being able to come in and bring healing and bring hope and remove things from your life. For me, it's been things that I never thought I'd be rid of that have troubled me since a child. And I want to encourage you. Spend time with him and allow him to speak to you in a way that you never Have. So that he can show you those things and heal you and restore you you know god has many layers he has answers and plans and purposes that we don't even know exist or understand but it's all for his glory and our good who am i to think that i know better than him you know for me it's been a new level of trust and i Trusting him that he sees the bigger picture in my life, in the life of those around me, and in the world as a whole. And if we can if we can trust him that he will do the best for us, even at the time we don't understand it, then the peace that it brings is remarkable. You know, in fruitful and non fruitful areas, there are things that we just don't want to let go of, let's be honest. There are things that we don't want, that we don't even realize we hold on to, but we don't want to let go of. Relationships, the past, dreams. I want to pray for you this morning and pray that God would give you a strength and a courage to hear what He wants to change in your life. So let me just pray for a minute. Father God, I just pray for each person. God, I pray for myself. God, that you would show us the things in our lives. That you want to prune back and cut away. God, I thank you that you do it so that we can grow and flourish again, so that we can bear fruit in the seasons to come. God, I pray that you would give us courage and strength to hear what you want to tell us and to allow you to prune our lives. Amen. Are you all all right? I oh, sure. Sorry. Do I put them away? They're a bit scary, aren't they? <laughs> Put him away. I'll try and be nice. So finally, there's one more thing I want to say to you. You know there is a cost and a loss that we make when we make way for more fruit. If you want more fruit in your life, I know I do. There is a cost and a loss. There has to be because things need to be cut away so that the fruit will come. John 15, verse 4. Jesus says, remain united in me, and I will remain united in you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It can do so only if it remains in the vine. In the same way, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. You know, Jesus repeats remain three times. I want to encourage you. Remain when you don't understand why remain when you feel like all is being stripped away remain when you don't get your own way remain in the trust that as we seek him he will give us everything that we need anyway we've got to lean into that blade let's i want to look at someone in the new testament who i believe got this who understood that remaining, even when things were stripped away, remaining when suddenly they weren't what they were before, and they remained and trusted in what the gardener was doing in their life so that Jesus could be glorified. It's his glory and our good, but they have to work hand in hand. John 3 26 to 29. And We joined John the Baptist in this account. And John the Baptist, was Jesus' cousin, he had had quite a following before Jesus sort of stepped into the limelight. People came to him and were baptized. People came and saw him in the desert. He was a bit of a wild man. And people were just like, wow, let's go and listen to him in the wilderness. And people would go in their droves. Religious people would go. Normal people would go everybody would go and listen to him and people were baptized people were repenting to the point where people said to him are you the messiah are you the christ and he knew he wasn't he knew he had come to prepare the way for the one who was to come and then jesus comes to him he baptizes jesus and then jesus's public ministry begins And then we join John the Baptist, and he's not doing anything any different. He's still baptizing people. He's still in the wilderness. He's still got some of his disciples. Some of them have gone to Jesus. And we join his disciples, and it says they, that's his disciples, came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man, which is Jesus, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, the one you testified about, Luke, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. To this, John replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Messiah, but I'm sent ahead of them. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy. When he hears the bridegroom's voice, the joy is mine And it is now complete. He must become greater. I must become less. John knew what it was to have what he was doing pruned back, to make way for more fruit, to make way for the fruit of what Jesus had come to do. And so often we don't like it. We don't always like God's way and God's way of doing things because it takes away what we want. It takes away our desires. It takes away our selfish ambition. It takes away what and who we are. But John knew that he had to decrease so that Jesus could become greater. It was for his good, but God's glory in the same breath. And he understood that. The last thing I want to say to you this morning is that Jesus, you are the hero of this story. Jesus is the hero of the story of each of our lives. Jesus is the hero of this story, this greater story, from time begun until time to come that we won't even be here in. Jesus is the hero of that story. You know, so often we say we want to abide and walk with God, but actually we just want him to walk with us and walk our way. Come and bless what I'm doing. Come and bless what I see. But God is calling us to remain in him. To do it his way. Not our way. You know it's the why that stops us worshiping the who. It stops us being full of joy. John said he said I'm full of joy. That joy is mine, because he saw that what was happening is that Jesus was being glorified. It stops us remaining. And I just want to remind you again this morning, it's his will, it's his way, and it's his time. So when you struggle, when you struggle with the why... When you struggle with when he's breaking off things in your life and moving things out of the way and you think, why are you doing this, God? Why are you allowing this? Remind yourself that he is the hero of every story. Remind yourself that he is a good gardener who loves you and wants your best and is working for your best. As we respond this morning, I want to encourage you to fix your eyes on who he is. Trust and allow him to shape and mould our lives. I want to encourage you into a closer walk with God. You know, and that might be a first time for you. You may not have actually said, I believe in Jesus. And if that's you this morning, I want to encourage you afterwards. We're going to have some guys down here and they would love to pray with you and talk to you about what it is to become a Christian. But for everyone else, this is about continuing your journey. It's about a closer walk that you've never known before. It's about surrendering your will and your way and your time and allowing His way and His will in His time. Let's stand together. You know, what else is there to do and say? You know, and I feel like saying, I'm sorry if that's been a bit heavy this morning, but that's what God's been doing in my life. And I want to encourage you that he wants to do a deep and a lasting work in you. He wants to remove things that are no good for you and bless you and pour in his fruit and his life and his goodness. He wants to point your eyes towards Jesus. Where we say, Jesus, you are the hero of this story. Jesus, your name is highest. Jesus, you are the greatest. And you stand above all things. You stand above me and my wants and desires. Jesus, you are bigger. And I want to encourage you to put Jesus at the center in a way that you've never done before. You know, and fear can get in the way. We can worry about going again and think, I did it before and it all went wrong. Jesus says, come again. Trust me. I'm good. I'm faithful. We're going to sing this song now. And it talks about Jesus being holy forever. And I want to encourage you, just where you are now, let's just begin to worship. worshiping for who he is. Let go of those circumstances and those things that have got in the way and allow the who of God, that good God, that faithful God, Allow him to be the biggest thing in your life and lift your hands and praise him. Allow him to show you the areas that he wants to prune you so that you can grow again. I just want to create some space as we sing this song that you just worship him, that you just bring your life to him again. You know, and if you feel that you want to come and kneel at the front or stand at the front, in a way to say, Jesus, I'm responding to this. Jesus, I wanna let go of that why. Leave the why in your seat and come and worship who he is. Bring your dead branches to the front and allow him to cut them away this morning. Or maybe you just need to say, do you know what, Jesus? You are the hero in the story of my life. I surrender it all, it's no longer about me. It's no longer about what I want and what I think, but it's about you, Jesus. Or maybe you just you just wanna come and you just want more God. Just come to the front this morning and while we sing the song, just come and worship him. Come and kneel. Holy forever. Jesus, we worship you.